You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick. Today, my special guest is Rachel Noon, who's going to be playing some music for us and stopping for a chat in the middle. And yeah, we'll be here for the next two hours, and we're going to get straight into the mix with Rachel Noon. You're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Thank <laughs> you. 
You're listening to Red Bull Radio. Hello, you are indeed listening to Red Bull Radio. This is the Bunker New York show. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and we've been in the mix with our special guest, Rachel Noon. I'm going to have a bit of a chat with her here before we get back into the mix. Thanks so much for coming in. Hi, Brian. Yeah, really cool music so far. Thank you. We were joking before the show that this is kind of like our first date yeah, on air. It's totally our speed first date. dating. So we've a- never, we've never really, we've never really talked before. It's going uh, okay. Yeah, so far, so <laughs> okay. far, so good. Um, so you're a native New Yorker, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, you started raving in the '90s in New York. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when because I got here, New York area around '96, mm-hmm. and started kind of in the. Guess there there were definitely still some kind of weird warehousey one off Roseland mm-hmm. rave things happening then and then stuff at Limelight and Twilo that I was going to in kind of the mid to late nineties. So I'm just and you do actually look oh, kind so of familiar. Oh, so we actually had our first date like twenty years ago. Yeah, you do, and you do. I don't remember meeting you, but you <laughs> you look familiar. And I it wasn't until today when I was doing like my background research, I was like, maybe that's where she's familiar from. I don't know. I can't point well, to a specific time and place actually but i like, was wondering if our paths crossed somewhere it's it's possible back in 90s raveland or i mean there's probably not that many of us around who used to go to the original bunker when it was in manhattan right oh yeah so i mean everybody supposedly everybody I'm, went supp- to those. supposedly everyone like, was everybody okay. i talked to everybody <laughs> i talked to all the time they were all there and i'm like really because <laughs> most of the time it really felt like 30 people no. but yeah yeah there's uh there's, but that's more people I talk to who don't go out anymore. Yeah, There's yeah, really yeah. very few people who are like actively still involved in the scene, including like many, many of the the performers that we had come through and artists. Like yeah. a lot of people are just, yeah, you know. I mean, in all fairness, I took about a 10 year break from going out. So <laughs> um, it's not that I have this insane uh, sustenance or staying power. I just, I, I actually like took a few years away from music and um just came back kind of recently right why uh why did you take a break um i went to grad school and um actually in michigan at the university of michigan in ann arbor and um i studied architecture and had every intention of like pursuing that as a career and becoming an architect and sitting at a desk for the rest of my life um but i realized that i didn't want to do that so um i would say a couple years ago I made the decision to shift away from that and you know it was it was it's kind of bittersweet like I do I do totally miss the design work but I don't I don't regret that time that I spent in school and studying and even even working in the field I mean I, I think it informs pretty much every creative thing I do now um, it's definitely a creative pursuit yeah and I I, I mean I, I I like to think that I take it with me sort of wherever I go and you know, even if it's apparent to anyone else, I feel like it really informs the way I think about things. And I mean, ex- experiential kind of things, even when I'm at parties, I'm always sort of in tune with um, spatial experience and, you know, things like sound and lighting and how those two intersect. I mean, um, when I was in school, it was, I went to a school that was considered um, like kind of out there for architecture. Like the, the big joke with the University of Michigan was that, um, oh, the students at the at, at the students in the school of architecture can't build a building, but they can like design a really amazing spaceship. 
Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a pretty, um, I would say, abstract program. Um, and I think, I mean, I'd like to think that um, I, I sort of use that, those like methodologies of thinking about things in how I approach music as well. And even um, I started to produce a little while ago, maybe within the last few years. And I think um, I try and like hold that close to me when I'm right. working on music. So did you, you graduated architecture school, you, you practiced in the field for a while. And or, at this point mm -hmm. you've, how long did you practice? Not, not too long. Um, I had a couple freelance gigs in, in the city here and um, um, one full-time thing that didn't last very long. I mean, it was, I remember so clearly like um, kind of the week that I decided I couldn't do it anymore. It was like, I was trying to get to a yoga class on Monday right. and I missed my 6 p.m. yoga class on Monday and I was like, all right, I'll just go to the 8 p.m. Missed the 8 p.m. on Monday proceeded to try again on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And like by Thursday, I was like, I, I need to do other things. And I mean, it was really like, you know, I, I say I needed to get to a yoga class, but like I really wasn't going out. I wasn't able to. just, yeah. I, I mean, New York is very brutal like that. I always think at this one time, it was maybe five or six years ago where I just kind of, I was preparing dinner and it just ended up, I made a lot more food than my partner and I needed to eat and just kind of, sent a text out to five or six friends like, hey, that lived in the neighborhood, whoever wants to come by after work, you know, we'll, we have a lot of dinner, just stop by, we'll have food at 8.30 and sent it out to five or six people and all the texts just started coming in like, oh, I can't do it, I'm I'm still at work, I'm yeah. still at work, I'm not getting out of work and I was like, wow. What are we doing? I mean, I work really hard on the yeah. bunker but if you're, like, you're not just like working, you're, you're at an office and yeah. you can't get out at 9 p.m. Yeah. and you've been there since early in the morning, like that's, that's brutal yeah. and unhealthy, yeah. but it's like totally unhealthy. super common. Yeah. And I mean, it's not that like, I didn't love the work. I, I totally love the work. And I, right. I always like when I tell people about like this sort of moment that I had, it was really, um, it was really hard because I actually found a firm that was like my ideal firm. Like it was small. They were doing really interesting work. I was working closely with the principals. So like I was learning a lot from these really experienced people and they were giving me um, responsibility. So like it was ideal. So if it didn't work for me there, like it just wasn't going to work. I just like looked 20, 30 right. years down the road and I was like, I can't be at a desk for, for that long. So how now at that point, is that when you decided to get back into music or you were already getting back into music when you made this decision? It was um, probably, it probably like kind of abutted each other. Like I think once I freed myself up and sort of just like let me, like I sort of like gave myself the freedom to think, oh, maybe I don't have to do this. Like for some reason I felt trapped in it because I had like spent all these years in school and like spent a lot of money on the studies. But once I like kind of let that go, I was like, oh, wow, I can go, can Put, put time towards music again like I I sort of buried it a little bit and it was always right. like tucked away and the the thought of it the fact that I could like dig it up was just super exciting so it was kind of like one happened and then immediately the other one just yeah, and popped I, up again I think for a lot of us who are actually not to wax nostalgic too much but who were around in the 90s like that was a really special time for music for the the kind of music that was coming out and the kind of events that were still happening in the U.S. that are not non-existent now, but almost non-existent. Yeah, they're so different. So I can see the, you know, once you've experienced something like that, the pool, yeah. gravitational pool back to it is yeah, totally. pretty strong. Yeah. Um, so is this when you have, like, I guess, a couple 
TJ residencies, we can talk about um, you work with Unter specifically on the spinoff project, mm-hmm. I guess. And how did that come about? Uh, we had we had Seva and Ari and Mary on the show before, and yeah, so our, I yeah, our I remember that. Is somewhat familiar with Unter and what it is, but maybe maybe we should briefly introduce what it is. I don't know. Yeah, so I would say like. Um, I mean, I could, I could certainly speak to what it is for me. Um, when I was like sort of getting back into it and starting to go out again and like really finding the sound that I was feeling at that moment when I was like, you know, hadn't been out for so long and everything just felt really new to me again. Um, something with Unter really clicked with me and I like wouldn't miss a party and, you know, I, I would like literally go to the parties alone and just over time start to meet people and I mean, just kind of scroll forward a few years now it's like totally I totally consider them my my like my music family and it's it's really become um a source of comfort for me in the scene you know I'm like slightly older than most people and um I'm sort of on like my second go at it yeah um so it's I think for me it's really important to have like you know a a family that I like feel really comfortable with and um and um I've played at one of their techno parties, but recently in the last, I would say eight or 10 months, um, they started doing something called Winter Spinoff, which is like sort of an experimental armature of of the party concept and of, of the events that they throw. Um, and I think, I mean, I played a set at the Lot Radio and Sev and I were having a conversation about it and he was describing to me this idea he had for this party where basically it was like a non-dance party mm-hmm. and i was like yeah but seva like what do i play he's like well remember what you played at the lot radio like that's perfect like it doesn't have to be beatless um it doesn't have to be ambient it could be both it could be somewhere in between like just i know you have all this music that you love that you can't play it like a typical techno party um because it just wouldn't work it's just like not yeah. what people go out to hear when when they go out dancing yeah i'm um, well aware <laughs> yeah so and and actually like that's that's kind of why I, I like playing for the radio as well um, because you don't have the, you know, you don't have the crowd to... That's something I've just, like, I've, I mean, I always knew it, but I've really kind of zeroed in on it when I, when I play here and sometimes play on Red Light Radio in Amsterdam that I'm actually really enjoying those sets more yeah, than you're, playing you're, in a club. You're totally freed I'm, up, yeah. Yeah, I, there's no, it's like, it doesn't matter if the next record is going to keep people yeah. dancing or not. Yeah. It's just matters that it know sounds cool and you're into it yeah so it's it's very freeing in a way yeah and i I think another um part of this inter spinoff concept it's really that i'm really drawn to is the fact that it is so experiential i mean just to describe for a second like what these parties are like like you're everyone's like literally lying down um and so you're looking up and like lights are really involved in like you know the way like the lights kind of express the space it's just not something you do when you're at a techno party like you don't stare at the ceiling and like look at all the dead air um so that really speaks to me and i mean that's outside the music it's it's the experience of that type of party um that i that i really that i really appreciate right do you help with the kind of how the room is set up i know that like gus who's part of the crew is Mm -hmm. really in he's an architect as well and he's really into that aspect of things are you involved in that at all or is it just not so much not Not so much i mean on the music i make sure to to, like poke around as much as i could and just like just out of curiosity like what do you what do you guys have planned and right you know like gus you know does 
the drawings and like shares them and you know you have like axonometric perspective screenshots of a, a party like it's, right. it's pretty wild yeah yeah that's i mean that's pretty cool that that level of detail goes into it and i think you know i've i've teamed up with the inter crew on a few parties and have always been really impressed by how serious the production of an event yeah. is taken i've worked with a lot of people and a lot of venues over the year and i think it's like a really high yeah level of production is definitely part of what makes it very special um and the other party you're involved in that I actually don't know much of anything about mm -hmm. other than reading it is in your bio is the large Marge. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us a bit about what that... <laughs> you're not, you mean you're not a lesbian that knows about the, all the female parties? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, so This is where the first date starts to fall apart. <laughs> this, is where, this is where the fork splits. Um, so I, um, I had a frustration when I was coming back into the scene and that was that um, when I wanted to be social with um, like fellow queer women, there wasn't really a space for us. I mean, there were queer spaces for sure, but it was, there was, I couldn't find one where um, I was really feeling the music and I really felt like it was aimed at women. No, I, I, I mean, I know enough about it to know that that's extremely rare. Yeah. And I know other women looking, have looked for the same thing over the year and just like, yeah. this doesn't exist. Yeah, it's so rough. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so I um, I tried to create something and um, it happened only a few times, but I think people were really receptive and um, it was funny to see how based on sort of like your, I think based on your age, like whether or not you knew the large Marge reference, like it's actually a really like 90 second character in a Pee Wee Herman movie. Right. So um, so some people got it and some people didn't, but it didn't even matter. Like it was just, um, you know, a weirdo, like I was making like some weirdo 90s reference and um, just started to call it a, like a queer rave. Yeah. And I mean, it happened a few times and um, then I even had the chance to do a collaboration with the Unter crew. We did... Um, and Unter Large Marge. Yeah, I remember that. That's yeah. when I that's when I first heard about it. Yeah, and I mean, I think it went well. I would love to do another one um, of them, but everyone's just so busy, and you know, I I think the conversation is just um, tabled for a moment. But I'm certainly hoping to do something with that concept. Like, I think it's I think it's the roots of it are there, and I'm excited to like see what else I can do with did that. Did you did you reach the the audience you were going for and like engage them and get them to come out to the event, or because I think that's that's probably the biggest challenge of why these things aren't happening. I think I started to. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, it takes time. Totally. And um, I remember the very first party that I did, I was able to somehow reach um, like a, a demographic that I really wanted to reach. I just think they weren't used to the music. So it's finding like um, both people in the queer scene that want to go to a more femme-directed party and people who are going to other femme directed parties but not necessarily have heard techno much right so to sort of bridge that gap yeah those people are out there They're that there. seems that yeah. seems doable um so you recently went on a european tour mm -hmm. was that your first time going to europe to play music and i played um so i actually well the very very first time i played um in europe was in paris in i think it was 2004 um and i actually played a few times there but then you know this big gap in space and um i recently went back to europe for um a couple weeks and had a few cool gigs but prior to that um last year i was there for like a one-off gig at um 
and I got to play at Trezor for a party called Heron Sauna. Um, and then um, one year later, I just had this other trip where I played nice. a few gigs. Yeah. Um, where Where did you play? What was What was memorable? Um, so I played at um, I played at Buttons at About Blank. Oh yeah, that's awesome. And then I played um, at EFZ in Leipzig. I've heard that's really, really. I haven't, I haven't been, but I've heard nothing but incredible things. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. everyone says it's like one of the, like the best sound systems. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was one. <laughs> it's true. It's wonderful. And um, actually, like the headliner Tiana T was supposed to play, and she missed her flight, so we all kind of got a larger set time, and it was like it was it was pretty intense because I wasn't expecting to play as long as I did, but um, it was awesome, and everyone was super receptive there, and I definitely want to get back there if I can. Um, and then. I played in Paris at like this really, um, really like fun kind of happy hour situation um, at a place called Rosa and um, more like party style music. Right. And um, then I went back to Berlin and played at Kit Kat Club for Gagan. Okay. Um, and then I came home. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a really good solid yeah. tour actually. Three, I had uh, three weekends, three weekends yeah. of gigs. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun. And did you base yourself in Berlin in the off time or were you moving around? I was actually, um, I kind of based my time around Paris because my partner's in Paris. And so I was, you know, I was kind of able to spend a lot of time with her. And um, yeah, I, I would say Paris was more like my home. at the, Okay. Yeah. Nice. For that stretch. That's that's different than what most people do. That's yeah. Cool. It's, it's always the Berlin story, right? Yeah. No, I was in Paris. Yeah. I've been trying like whenever I can, it's really hard. But whenever I'm in Europe for a couple weekends to stay like anywhere but Berlin. Yeah. But the draw of it is so like it's where it's the where vast majority of my friends are. It's where you're being pulled. Yeah. yeah. Easy places to stay. Yeah. It's where I'm playing. Uh, but yeah, I've spent some time in Paris, too. And it's that's a whole different thing. But it's awesome mm -hmm. um you mentioned briefly earlier that you're you've been working on producing some music mm -hmm. is that is that a new thing or is that was that part of the first wave as well or is that it's no it was not part of the first wave this is this is totally a second generation okay rachel yeah okay um, so the first wave was djing was djing yeah. yeah um and not even djing techno it was kind of everything but techno i um just recently i would say within the last five years have sort of like focused um, fully on like more like the techno sound um, but production has been more recent I would say in the last five years and um, you know slowly acquiring a nice um, little collection of hardware pieces and also simultaneously trying to like teach myself some software stuff and yeah it's I mean for now it's it's a bedroom hobby but um, I will hopefully have a release in 2019 with um, a pretty awesome New York based label so I'm excited about that. I just know I have my work cut out for me. Yeah. So you have like a kind of an agreement with the label, but you still have to yeah. come up with the goods. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else are we... And your other new project you mentioned to me is this new radio show that you just launched. Mm -hmm. What's uh, what's that about? Yeah. So there's... Um, so because my, my partner's in Paris, I've like recently grown all these amazing connections and like discovered all this... Um, stuff that I probably otherwise wouldn't have access to um, without knowing so closely someone who lives there um, and speaks French. Um, so there's a there's a venue in Paris called La Station, um, and inside this venue is a newly launched um, radio radio station called Station Station. Okay. Um, and I think I've maybe been to Station. Yeah. Is it's, it by the water? Um, I might be thinking of something else. 
it's certainly well i don't know if it's I'm, okay my, it's probably not i'm probably my partner's gonna kill me for not knowing that <laughs> um <laughs> it's certainly not on water i don't know if right the, the venue might be yeah um but it's it's a it's an old um rail station like it actually was a a former, a, oh, pro- wow. a proper station. Yeah, that's now a, a music venue, and they do a lot of live music there. I would say more live music than than DJ stuff. But um, so inside this venue is a radio show, and we proposed to them. My, this is my partner, and I proposed to them, um, a pr- kind of more or less a monthly. Um, our our plan is our our vision is twelve shows in twelve months, and each month we interview, um, a kind of electronic music crew from around the world because come to find out all these people are doing the same thing they're just um yeah they're just all over the place and yeah, so of course um so the idea is to sort of like um talk to 12 of these crews and just hear their story and how they're approaching the community and how they're providing a space a safe space for the people who want to come to these parties and just like what their vision is and hearing all about their creativity and m- making a one-hour show out of it so are you doing the interviews, are people coming to Paris or you're doing them, so you're we've, following people? Yeah, we have one show under our belt and it was with um, Buttons and just luckily we were in the same place at the same time. It wasn't even in Paris. Um, it was actually an interview conducted in New York, but um, I don't have to be in Paris to do it, um, which is cool. So yeah. the, the show, the station is just letting us um, air it through their venue. Submit it, yeah. Yeah. And they, it's cool because they, they, they're actually really excited about this project. And, um, yeah, I think it's worthwhile right now. Very cool. Um, I guess the last thing I wanted to shout out, and I can do it because I know all the details, is you're playing for us. It's your bunker debut yeah. on New Year's Eve at Market Hotel, which is with Mike Servito and Tennis, Patrick Russell, Rachel Noon, and Michael Brunner. And that is, uh, yeah. Year's Eve. I'm very excited for that. I can't wait. You're playing the midnight set. I know. So <laughs> pressure's on. I've only been thinking about it since <laughs> <laughs> since I found out. Cool. Well, looking forward to that. There's more info uh, about that at thebunkerny.com. Uh, is there was there any like theme to the first set and the second set, or is it just kind of continuation? Or oh, it's there, you'll probably see a lot of similarities. Maybe a few more dance style tracks but maybe okay. maybe not i don't know well even. the first half was great so mm-hmm. really looking forward to this um we're going to get back into the mix with rachel noon you're listening to the bunker new york on red bull radio
To the Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Uh, we've been in the mix with our special guest, Rachel Noon. Thank you for coming in. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yeah, very nice set. Uh, you can catch her playing at our New Year's Eve party at Market Hotel alongside Bunker residents Mike Servito and Tennis and Patrick Russell. More info on that at thebunkerny.com. Just have a couple minutes left here. Uh, final show of the year. So uh, thanks for another great year, everybody. Again, you've been listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Thank you.